1: Nobody like our God, amen. He truly is all that we ever need, amen. He's our strength, our comforter, our shield, our buckler, amen. Everything we find in Jesus. He's the only hope we got in this world, amen. And it's a good thing this world is just temporary. We're just passing through, amen. Our text will come from Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 28 through 31 very familiar, our, our subject today, the text, amen, uh, I don't know if I've, I'm pretty sure I've spoke on this before, amen, I'm a firm believer, amen, that the unpreached is the unpracticed, amen, if, if it ain't been, my I, I grew up with parents, man, hey, you wash some dishes, you done this, you done your chores? They preached it. Little things like that. You want to stay on top of it. Amen. It has to be preached. You got to keep hearing it. It's an afterthought. Then it becomes a habit. Then it becomes something you put in your heart. Amen. And it don't escape from you. You understand that. The unpreached is the unpracticed. Amen. And all I know is this world is not my home. Amen. We're just a passing through. Amen. Oh Lord, you know I had no friend but thee. Amen. Praise God. Luke 17 chapter, verses 28 through 32. Amen. And the word of the Lord says this. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they did they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Amen. That's what I want to spend a few moments this morning talking about, remembering Lot's wife. Amen. Don't look back. Amen. Don't sit there when, you, when, when the time comes to move, move, let go of whatever needs to be let go. Amen. It's just a weight that's going to slow you down. Amen. If you'll put your Bibles down, let's lift up our hands and let's ask the Lord to bless us this morning. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Lord, and we thank you for your mighty presence we felt in this place. We thank you, Lord, for honoring your word where two or three are gathered. Jesus, there you are in the midst, Lord. Thank you for inhabiting the praises of your people, Lord Jesus lord as we enter into your gates with thanksgiving into your courts with praise Lord we thank you for this day lord we pray right now lord binding up every spirit lord that opposes the going forth of your word this morning lord praying and pleading your blood upon each and every individual lord Jesus that they can hear you see you and receive you this morning lord that each and every one of us can leave here different than what we came Lord Jesus Lord drawing near to you Lord Jesus giving you all Lord thus decreasing Lord and you increasing Lord I pray above all things Lord let us just not be hearers of your word Lord but let us be doers also Lord applying this life to our life Lord this word Lord Jesus and dying out to the things of this world and in Jesus name we pray and let everybody say in Jesus name smile at your neighbor as you're being seated amen See, there's a consistent message of distinction in the the Bible. Over and over again, we are introduced to two different and opposite extremes that stand in contrast one to the other. The first of these is introduced as the very beginning of the Bible. There was darkness and there was light. Amen. A contrast. Darkness and light. Amen. And in the fourth verse of Genesis, Amen. It's the Bible, lets us know that God separated the light from the darkness, Amen. They do not coexist, Amen. They cannot coexist; one replaces the other, Amen. And true to His word, light will always push back the darkness, Amen. You can walk in any room, going over the candle of light, whatever it may be; darkness will be dispersed, Amen. Through the light of Jesus Christ, Amen. They are a study of contrast. The Bible is full of them, amen, from beginning to end, Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, the wise versions and the foolish versions, amen, the broad way and the narrow way, amen, the wide gate and the straight gate, the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the wise man who built his house upon the rock, they all represent two extremes, two ways to live, amen. One way is blessed and the other is not, amen. One leads to life and the other leads to death. One leads to refuge and the other leads to judgment, amen. And one of those contrasts is presented to us in the life of Abraham and Lot, amen. These two started out their journey together and they both were tremendously blessed, amen. They had large Herds and many servants and their two households required a vast majority of resources, amen, to sustain them. Eventually it became too difficult for them to coexist, to be there together. There was some bickering amongst them. There was some accusations and everything. You're stealing my cattle. I'm taking your cattle. You're doing this, you're doing that. And it it caused some strife in between. And Abraham recognized it at first and told his nephew Lot that there would have to be a parting of the ways. The time had come to separate themselves one from another. Abraham, though he was the eldest, he had the right to choose, amen, for himself, amen, which the better way to go. But he told his younger nephew Lot, you choose out which way you will go. And I will go the other way. I will go the opposite of whatever you do. And there we start to see the vastly different attitudes of these two men. Amen. Abraham is a blessed man with many material goods, but already he has determined that he, will not, he is not living for the treasures of this world. Abraham is a man with heaven in view. Amen. He's already set his sights. I know this world is not my home. Amen. He's not invested in this world down here. When he pinched his tent, he never drove his stakes in too deep. He never anchored himself to this world because his hope was not in this world. Amen. He knew his hope was somewhere else. Amen. Beyond the blue. Amen. And he was just passing through. He's going out to claim an inheritance that God has given him. But he's not living for that inheritance. The the generations that follow him will occupy cities they did not build and reap from fields they did not plant. Amen. But he is not looking for a city down here. He is looking for a city whose maker and is the builder, is God. Amen. Amen. He's not putting his investment in this world. He knows this is only temporary. Amen. He's had a vision. He's got a vision of heaven. And he's casting his sight there. Abraham is a man who is living with heaven in view. He's got his eyes on the horizon. And though he can't see the heavenly city yet, It is almost as if He can catch a glimpse. It is just beyond the horizon. And it is by faith I'm going to keep on pressing. It is that is what He was living for. He was living for the unseen, the unknown, the intangible city of God. Amen. And Jesus told his followers in Matthew six, nineteen through twenty-one, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Abraham's treasure was not in this world. He had plenty. He had anything he wanted, but he knew that was not enough. Amen. Abraham lived for a faraway look in his eyes. He doesn't have to have the first choice of the land. He didn't need the well watered plains of Jordan. He was content to do, have whatever was left. Amen. He was content with what appeared to be the lesser part because he wasn't looking to this world or the things of this world to sustain him. He said, Lot, you go ahead buddy and you take the better part. As for me, I will trust in the Lord. Amen. My hope is in God. All that I know he need, I know he will sustain me. He is my anchor. He is all that I need. Amen. Psalms 121, 1 and 2 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Amen. You go ahead and you take the well watered plains. I'll take the dry, dusty leaves because I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. My strength, my hope, all that I have is in him. Amen. In him I live and move and have my very being. Amen. He is my supplier. He is my sustainer. He is my protector. He's all that I ever need. He is the great I am. Amen. All that I need I find in Jesus. Amen. You can't find what you need in this world. Amen. This world will disappoint you. You can't find what you need in man. You need to lift your eyes up to the hills where your help comes. Your help comes from the Lord, the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll never disappoint you. He can do all things but fail. Amen. And he'll never let you down. Amen. You go ahead, Lot, you take that because I know what my God can do. Amen. Every one of us will ultimately fall into one extreme or the other. We will either live like Lot or we will live like Abraham. We all know that Abraham is the example that we want to follow. But let's talk a little bit this morning about the other extreme. Let's talk a little bit about Lot this morning. Genesis 13 and 12 says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain." and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Long before Lot went to Sodom, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. The intention of his heart became evident in his life before he ever began to walk that road that led to Sodom. It was where he casted his vision. Amen. It's where he's seen. It's what he visioned his life being. He looked for the better things. Looks can be deceiving though. Amen. What looks good on across the fence. Amen. The grass isn't always greener there. Amen. What looks people look like they're being blessed. Amen. It's really just shackles being put on them. Amen. Don't get caught up in looking at what others. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. Amen. You establish your walk with the Lord. Amen. For yourself, it is a day of your salvation. Figure it out with prayer and trembling. Amen. It is your salvation. Amen, the intention of his heart became evident in his life. Amen, he had pinched his tent towards Sodom. And the next verse tells us why this was the problem in Genesis 13 and 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Lot pitched his tent in such a way that the wickedness of Sodom was in view, not just to him, not just to him, but to his whole family. Amen. This wasn't just something. He led his family down a road of destruction. Amen. We need to be careful as parents, as, as a child of God, on what view and what we allow and what we do to come into our house because it's just not that the promise is not unto us. The promise to them that are far off. So ever how many our Lord shall call. It just doesn't affect you. It affects those around you. Amen. So be careful. Amen, what your interpretation may be. Amen, Being, be careful what you, you allow and what you think this or that is saying. Amen, you seek out the Lord. Amen, you dig into that word. You dig those wells. Amen, and you drink from the cup of the Lord. Amen, and you seek him first. Amen, for all things. Amen. I got I to got This is this little side note. You know, I try to encourage people. We try to do this. Amen. Because it helps. Amen. Try to go to a conference. Try to go to a camp. Amen. Try to go to men's conference, ladies' conference. I'd encourage you to do that. I get tickled. Not tickled, that's the wrong word. I get a little aggravated. All right? When I hear somebody say, well, that's just extra church. My God, I can't get enough of church. Amen. It's extra. I know I read somewhere, Brother Bobby, where it said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you." I can't unless I'm seeking, unless I'm digging, unless I'm searching. How can I find it? Amen. It's a blessing to go to a conference. You seen what happened at U. Congress? Amen. (laughs) Excuse me. Get out there. Go. I'd encourage all the ladies go to ladies retreat. I'd encourage all the men go to men's retreat. Go to church camp. There's too many conferences around this place, amen, for us not to have some extra church. I'm not saying that being mean, but I'm saying we need that, amen. You get to hear other things. Hey, I'm telling you right now, I have no no problem going to Explorer Camp for the kids. I have no problem going to a Sunday school because you know what? They're telling the story from a different angle that's going to minister, And it puts all the pieces together. It lines it up. You're hearing it from the view of a kid. Then you're hearing it from a a youth and then a teen and then an adult. And you put that all together and it's like, man, Lord, I get more understanding. You're giving me wisdom. You're giving me knowledge, Lord, and I'm growing in you. Amen. That's what it's about. That's just a side note. I'm just encouraging. You know, it's not extra church. It's seeking you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's wanting to grow in God. Amen. It's wanting to grow. Amen. Let me get back on my notes. See, here's the difference between Abraham and Lot. Abraham is living in the world, but this world is not his home. Lot, on the other hand, is living for this world with no thought of anything else. Amen. And in less than 30 verses, after he pitched his tent towards Sodom, he's now in Sodom. Amen. It didn't take long for the world to draw him in. Amen. Listen to me this morning. You better watch where you're pitching your tent. Amen. You can say with your mouth that you are living for heaven, but if you are continually pitching your tent towards this world, amen, you're headed for trouble. Amen. You're headed for trouble. Some folks today are not yet on the road to Sodom, but they are pitching their tents in that direction. But mark my word, that is a dangerous trend because eventually it will put you on the road to Sodom. Amen. Abraham is the kind of man who tries to live close to the Lord as he can. But Lot is the total opposite. That's the contrast between the two. Lot has the opposite extreme from Abraham. He was a man who tried to live as close to the world as he could. He pitched his tent on the borderline with a view in the wrong direction. He was trying to live on the edge and to live as close as he, to this world as he could and still be pleasing to God. Amen. Listen, we've been asking the wrong question. Amen. The question is not, will this send me to hell or not? Amen. How close can I get and still make it to heaven? Amen. How, where's the border at? Where's the boundary? Where can I touch and not touch? Amen. Amen. Everyone wants to know the boundaries, the borderline. How close can I get into, to this world and still live for, and still be saved? Amen. The question we should be asking, amen, is will this get me closer to God? Will this get me closer? If I go here, is it going to draw me closer to God? Amen. Is it going to help me get to heaven? That's my ultimate goal. Amen. Amen. And not only that, but to take as many as with, with me as I can. Amen. Reaching this lost world. Being an example for them. But I can't do that unless I get close to God. Amen. You can get as close to the Lord as you want to here and the closer you get to Him, the further from this world you will get. Amen. It's about growing close to Him. It ain't about how close can I get to the world, it's how close can I get to God. Is this going to get me closer to the Lord? Amen. When, is this going to make me rapture ready? Amen. Am I going to be ready when the day of judgment comes? Amen. And I get that way by walking with God. Enoch is our prime example. This good man walked with God until one day he got so close with God that God decided he was going to take him from this world. Amen. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and was with not, for God took him. That's the kind of relationship we should be striving for. How close can I get to God that he just says, you know what? You've been walking with me. And I'm enjoying this conversation. Let's just go on up right now. Amen. See, he didn't die. One moment he was walking with the Lord in this world. And the next moment he was walking on the streets of gold. Woo! What a day that will be. Amen. Because he got so close to God that it took him completely out of this world. Matthew six twenty four and 25 says this, no man can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Amen. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. It is not Life is not life more than meat in the body, than raiment. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. Amen. You cannot do it. Eventually one will win and the other will win out over the other. Ultimately one master will prevail over the other. Amen. It's a battle. It's a tug of war. Amen. The direction you pitch your tent determines which master you will serve. Where is your vision? Amen. Where is your vision? What do you see, Amen? What are your thoughts? Eventually, Lot, Lot ends up in Sodom, where the Bible says that he vexed his righteous soul daily. Sodom began to influence him more than the Lord influenced him, Amen. It began to get into the way of his thinking. Constantly surrounded by participating in a culture that dishonored the law of God, began to normalize wickedness in this thinking. He began to look around him and at, at what he saw every day and think, this is normal. You know, this is just the way life is right now. This is the world we live in. Amen? Reminds you of today? Amen? How they're trying to dumb down everything through, through advertisements, commercials, radios, and all that. On there, all you hear is, oh, this is acceptable. That's just the way it is. That ain't the way it is. Sin is sin, and God hates sin. Amen. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Amen. God does not like sin. Amen. So first, what first repulsed him, amen, has now become acceptable to him. Amen. Maybe it isn't so bad. He's thinking, you I'm, I'm a little close. It's all right. I can, I, can, I can go in here and it not affect me any. Amen. How could a righteous God condemn all these people? After all, isn't God a God of love? How many of you have heard that? Amen. God is a God of love, but God does not condone sin. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. You hold on to my statutes. You stay on a straight and narrow path. Amen. You flee wickedness. You flee temptation. Amen. Be angry and sin not. Don't give in to the ways of this world. Amen. Come out from amongst them. Be separated. Be holy, saith the Lord. I'm a holy God. Amen. How could a righteous God condemn all these people? They can't help it. It's just the way they are. Meanwhile, while his heart is growing soft towards Sodom, God's heart is growing hard. Amen. Finally, the day comes when God's anger boils over and the wrath of God is imminent. There's a time coming when God's mercy and long-suffering is going to run out, folks. Amen. He's just sitting there. I visualize and I see the trump of God already at the lips just waiting to be sounded. Amen. And it's why I try to live my life and encourage as many people as I can. Amen. Live your life on a straight and narrow path. And in time that you think not, amen, God is coming back. It's in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Any moment right now that trump could sound. Amen. And the church is going to be raptured up out of here. Amen. Live your life with heaven in view. Live your life with with separation from the things of this world. Don't get caught up in the things of this world. Amen. There is coming a day when God's mercy and long-suffering is going to run out. Judgment will come to this world. And if God fails to judge this present world, then he would have to go back and repent to Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. And he will do it again. God is coming back. His judgment is coming upon this world. Amen. However, before judgment comes, God sends an angelic messenger to deliver Lot from that condemned city. The angel warns Lot of the imminent danger that need is urgent and they must escape now. Amen. But Lot lingers in the city. This is how you know that the world has a grip on you. When you recognize that judgment is coming but you hesitate to relinquish your hold on this world. Amen. Oh, I... I still can use this or you know, maybe God will allow this or maybe God will allow that. God is not going to allow anything that is associated with sin. Amen. To enter to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let that grip go. Let that grip go. Let that thinking go. Amen. You believe everything that the preacher has said. You believe that judgment is coming, that God is holy, that he has demanded obedience, but still you hesitate. I mean, I grew up in this. You know, I've done this. And I've done that. I've been part of the choir. I've been a Sunday school teacher. I've done this. I'm afraid that sometimes we've learned how to do church. Amen. When church isn't what we do, church is who we are. We are a temple to the Holy Ghost. Amen. But we get caught up figuring this out. Oh well, I can do this, and you know, well God is still moving. I would challenge you. Uh, I, I, I looked at a, if you go on YouTube, amen, I'd like to get extra preaching to you, amen. But Robert Tisdale has a series called Caged, amen. Sorry, I can't make a phone call with your iPad. Well, thank you. All right. Must have hit something. All right. She talks. Amen. But it's called Caged. And it's a series. I would encourage you. There's two of them on there. And I cannot remember this man's name. But he was a youth pastor. Amen. 16 years. Amen. And got convicted of embezzlement. Amen. And then when the story starts unfolding. Now he's sitting here. This is a form, man. And this dude is standing before a church. Amen. And the pastor is asking him this question and he's hitting him he's drilling him amen but this man starts confessing about how well as a youth pastor you know I'm I'm taking this you know because justifying it because you know the church could use the money we got a building program the church could use the money we can do this and we can do that all right and then he goes out and he preaches somebody gets the holy ghost well you know God must not be too mad at me you know I'm doing this and I'm doing that doing the work of God all right but doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Amen. And he starts justifying. Well, as long as God's moving, I must be right. But when the day of judgment comes, all that work, all that labor, what struck me funny was when he was getting ready to go to jail, his wife says, Don't go in there and try to save everybody, save yourself. Save yourself. She goes, because I know how you are. You're going to get in there and you're going to start preaching and witnessing and doing all this because you think that God is with you. But I want you to fix and to heal yourself. I want you to save yourself. See, we can get so busy doing the work of God and doing stuff like that, that we forget about ourselves and we start justifying stuff. Amen? That ain't what it is. You get your relationship. The first and main focus you got is your relationship with God. Amen. You take care of home. You dig wells deep. It is your salvation. Amen. That's just another side note, but don't get caught up. We need to be the church instead of learning how to do church. Amen. We can do church all day, but are we the church? Are we a temple unto the Holy Ghost? Are we separated? Amen. And you can't lie to that person in the mirror. Amen. Because who you really are, you know. And not only do you God's eyes are upon small things. He sees everything that you've done. And that's how you're going to be held accountable on the day of judgment. Separate yourself from the things that you've grown to love. All right? Be careful. You may tell yourself that as time comes, you can, you can and will let go. But the better, heed to the warning of Jesus and remember Lot's wife. Amen. You think you got it made. You've got all this. Amen. But for the love of God, don't look back. Don't look back. Ultimately, the angels had to forcibly remove Lot and his family from the city. And the Bible tells us that this was the mercy of the Lord. Genesis nineteen and sixteen says, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and let him let him Amen without set him without the city. Left to his own devices, they would have lingered too long. Amen? When you feel the call of God to move, you need to move. Amen? Two angels grabbed four people, one on each hand, and literally dragged them away from the destruction that was coming. Even as they were living in the city, the judgment of God began to fall. Fire and brimstone came, crashing down from heaven, and urgent cries of terror And the sounds of destruction were all around them. Genesis 19 and 17 says, And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all this plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And as they fled the city, the angels gave Lot, his wife, and his two daughters one final command. Escape for your life. Don't look back. Don't linger here any longer. Escape to the mountain. There is hope in the things that you have left behind. Whatever you do, don't look back. Listen for just a moment. Once you get to the King's Highway, there is no U-turns. Amen? You just stay forward and you keep pressing. Once you've escaped the grip of this world, amen, there is no place to turn back. Run for your life. Don't linger here anymore. And whatsoever you do, don't look back. Amen? Luke 9 and 62 says, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. It is worth the writing and the warning, we, we might say don't go back. But that's not what the angels said and that's not what Jesus said. He, they said don't look, even look back. It ain't about going back. Don't look back. Amen. Don't even glance back. Cast your vision forward. Amen. It is a dangerous thing to turn your attention back to the things that you left behind when you started following Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's why for our young, for our, for our new believers, I continue to encourage you. Right now is a crucial state in your walk with God. The is gonna come at you fast and hard. He's gonna get you to do a U-turn now. But amen. Hopefully, we're pattern as a church, we are taking them underneath our wings and we're encouraging them. We're the body of Christ. That's what we're commanded to do. We're there to talk to them. We're there to lift them up. We're there to pray for them. We're there to give them some advice and to help bring them along. That's why every time the door opens, we need need to be in here. We need to be reading our word. We need to be praying. We need to be fasting. We need to be in every Bible study. That's why you need extra church. Amen. You need to listen to the word of God and get deep into it because the enemy's coming at you. He's a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Amen. He's trying to get you to do that U-turn. He's trying to get you to cast your vision back. Amen. Well, it was much better there. You know, what did the Egyptians say? Amen. Well, I had this in Egypt, and I had that, now you've brought me out here to die. Amen? God has not brought you out here to die. God has brought you out here to to live and live a life more abundantly. Amen? Don't get caught up in that worldly thinking. Amen? See, it must have been a terrifying escape. The sounds of horrifying destruction were behind them, and the angels were literally dragging them along, and they were doing all they could to keep their eyes forward. Maybe Lot was out front being pushed along by the angel that was dragging his wife behind him. Maybe he couldn't see the rest of his family because he, was look, he couldn't look back. Maybe he would, he would cry out every now and then to his wife and daughter, are you still with me? Are you coming? We can do this. We can survive this horrible night together. Are you with me? If he did, then the calls of affirmation have been music to his ears. Lot led his family into a terrible place of judgment. All of this rest on his shoulders. And now the only thing that matters to him is that he gets them out safely. He's fully invested in the escape. But you know the story as well as I do. The moment the family came, to, came when Lot called out, the only his daughters answered. His wife's voice was no longer part of the chorus of affirmation. Ultimately, she couldn't do it. It was too much to ask of her. Genesis 19 and 26 says, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. The angels could drag Lot's wife out of Sodom, but they couldn't get Sodom out of her heart. Amen. She was too invested in that city. Too many things that she loved were falling under judgment. It was too much for her to bear. She's on the way out and she's left her heart behind. Amen. Her heart is still back there in that city. That is she is leaving behind. Matthew 6 and 21 says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Her treasure was in Sodom. Her heart was in Sodom. And ultimately, the pull of Sodom was too much. Even in the process of escaping, she could not leave it behind. So she looked back and judgment fell. She was condemned with the rest of that city. She never took another step forward after that moment. It is a story that is repeated over and over again. Israel came out of Egypt, but Egypt did not come out of Israel. Amen. The whole generation, a whole generation, amen, would die in the wilderness before Egypt could purge from Israel. Amen. The lesson is, to be learned here is once you decide to follow God, you better make up your mind. There is no going back. Amen. I'm not even looking back. Amen. I'm going to press forward. I will escape this world. I'm leaving it behind. I'm putting my faith in God. I'm reminded this morning of the day that Elijah found Elisha. In first Kings nineteen, nineteen and twenty-one it says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphath, <clears throat> who was ploughing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again. For what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled them with flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave them to the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. When Elisha determined to follow Elijah, he burned the plow, sacrificed the oxen. It was his way of saying, I'm not coming back to this. I'm leaving this all behind. Amen. Nothing else matters than being with Jesus. Amen. Philippians 3 13 and 14 says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, forgetting what is behind me and reaching for that which is before me. I press towards the mark. There is a lesson to be learned here this morning from the words of Jesus in Luke 17, 31 and 32. He says, In the day he which shall be upon the housetop, his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. There's nothing in your past There's nothing that you're turning away from that should have a hold on you. He's telling you that you better guard your heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of is the issues of life. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Treasure the things of God. Make living for Him the top priority in your life. Don't look back. Don't linger in this world. Turn your heart towards heaven. Amen. Live like Abraham lived. Don't drive your tent stakes in this world too deep because sooner or later this church is moving on. The marching order is about to be sounded. Amen. And we're going to load up and we're going to head up out of here. Amen. That's what this is all about. Living with heaven in view. If you'll stand with me, we'll close. Amen. Remember Lot's wife. By the mercy of God, the angels brought her out of the city, just like the rest of her family. She made her escape and was in the process of being spared the terrible wrath of God. She was on the same journey that her husband and her daughters was. But she left it all because she looked back. Lot's wife came as close to deliverance as possible without actually being delivered. Amen. We cannot live our lives determine how close can I get to the things of this world and still make it to heaven. Don't look back. Amen. Let those things go. Let the world lose that grip that is on you. She was brought right out of that doomed city and set on the way to safety. But she looked back. She looked back. And ultimately, she perished with the city. When Jesus began to talk about the day and age in which you and I live in, he had a simple but direct message for the church. Remember Lot's wife. Amen. Lot's wife looked back because her heart was in Sodom. Amen. Her heart was still on the things of this world. Amen when our view should be with heaven because where our heart is where our treasure is so will our heart we need to live with, with heaven in view Israel looked back because their heart was in Egypt the operative question this morning is this where is your heart where is your heart this morning where have you laid up your treasures this morning have you put your hope in the things of this world or have you put your hope in the things of the Lord Where have you invested your life? That's where your heart will be. Remember Lot's wife and don't look back. Let the things of this world go. Amen. I'm opening these altars this morning. Amen. I would encourage you to come and find a place. You know the areas in which you struggle. Amen. Let the Lord move upon you. Let the Lord crown unto him and have him help you remove that grip that this world has upon you and come out from amongst them. Be separated. Amen. And press towards that mark. These altars are open. They're going to play something softly. Amen. Come find somebody. Amen. Help encourage them. Lift up somebody you know that may be struggling. Amen. Pray. Cry out to God. Amen. Lord, let us be rooted and grounded. Lord, let us not be tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine, but to be rooted and grounded in you, Lord. Let our, our hope is in you, Lord. Our treasure is you, Lord. I don't want to get close to the things of this world. I want to get close to the things of you, Lord. Lord, I want to die out daily, Lord, Lord, that I might know You, Lord, in the power of Your resurrection, Lord. Be made conformed to Your death, this morning, Lord. Help me to decrease, Lord, that You can increase, Lord. Not my will, Lord, but Your will.